Especially since the material component is a glow stick. And then for recording reference, I will count to three. And on the count of three, everybody who's recording a local backup clap on three. One, two, three. It's fucking terrible, but all right. I have no sense of touch at all. Yeah, but who is touching you? Like, what have you really lost? <laughs> I mean, he does use hand motions to cast spells. Can't rub off that onk when you can't use your hands. I mean. Now, Holland did what Holland wanted to do. Holland didn't talk you into anything. It's okay when Todd's talking to the third person. It's uh, weird and sad when Carlos <laughs> talking to the third person. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that isn't afraid to base an episode entirely around a joke that could be made by any third grader doing a geography report. My name's Turner. I'll be your dungeon master and host of pre-show announcements until one of the party finally calls me a donkey and I storm out of the podcast in a rage. So, episode 17. Finally, the end of the Hex and the Sagacity arc. The guys have a little bit of an idea of what's going on. They've built up a relationship with somebody that can provide them additional information going forward. And this episode will tie up some loose ends and prep them for the next leg of their journey. If you're a new listener, welcome. We sincerely appreciate you joining the show. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. We always appreciate you making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedule. New or old, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us on social at GMDLcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, but mostly Twitter. And speaking of feedback, if you could take a moment to head over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment and do the usual rate, review, and subscribe, we would sincerely appreciate it. Not only does your feedback help make it easier for new listeners to find us, but it lets us ride off into the sunset of your validation. And while you're being a healthy helperton, head on over to patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast to check out all the great stuff you can get by pledging to the show. Every dollar of your support goes back in to help make the podcast better by upgrading recording equipment, improving environments, and adding additional content. If you're not able to help out financially right now, we certainly understand you can still assist the party. Tell somebody about the show. Family, friend, coworker, complete stranger, while appropriately masked and socially distanced. Word of mouth is an extremely valuable tool in promoting the growth of a new podcast. And we really appreciate every moment of support and helping our little podcast grow. Okay, announcements real quick, and bear with me, folks. This is going to be a little bit of a longer one, and then we'll go from there. After this episode, we are going back to a bi-weekly schedule for main campaign episode releases. We churned out the last four or so on a weekly basis. It was hard for me to stay consistent on that, as well as stay consistent on producing the bonus content for our Patreon supporters. And more than anything, I just want to make sure that we are able to produce quality content at a regular interval. We also need a little bit of breathing room so that we can add some streaming content in the very near future. We'll be taking our DM splainings and moving those over to Twitch and other streaming platforms so we can maintain those without adding to the editing bucket, which already overfloweth. I want to give one last shout out to Jasper's Game Day. I had the amazing opportunity to participate in Jasper's Game Week this year. 
support a fantastic cause and play at the table with Adam Bradford, Christina Ariel, Tony Winslow Brill, Gail Simone, Lindsay Janow, Emily C. Friedman, and Patrick Scheel. I had an incredible time. It was a blast at the table. One shots are always tough because they're so quick and you've got so much to cram in and we had a, had a pretty large crew, but it was still a fantastically fun time. Everybody was an, a, a real delight to play with. They all do some incredible work and Jaspers is a fantastic organization. I will include a link to the organization below. If you get the opportunity, go check them out. Coming up on May 15th, I will be participating in another charity stream with the Games Tavern over on Twitch for No Kid Hungry, a nonprofit organization that helps feed kids. It's right in the title. So I will include a link to the Twitch channel. And once again, if you're able to get involved and support, it's another great cause that's hard to say no to. We sincerely appreciate it. As always, you can catch Jamie over at Three Angry Gamers. Harlan is still doing guest appearances on the pop-up film cast, and Jazz is still working it on Twitter. Links will be in the show notes. Okay, that pretty much does it for announcements. Our next episode will be out May 17th. Keep an eye on our social media for official announcements when we launch our additional content. We're picking up with this episode with the party returning to Ognum's workshop, having completed their errands around the city to submit themselves to another experiment to see if they can get a leg up on what is happening to them with the pentahedron shard. As always, thank you, and I hope you enjoy the show. Just a quick reminder that due to a mix of crude humor, gore, and fantasy violence, the Gimme the Loot podcast is not a family-friendly show. Any specific content warnings will be included in the show notes below. As always, thank you, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, is there anything else anybody wants to do before you guys head back to Ognum's? I need to write a letter and mail it off to Newark. Okay. Yeah, you can, you guys, uh, it's very easy for you to find a, a speedy courier service, which is manned by a number of different couriers wearing boots of speed. They take your message and then literally run it to wherever you want to go. These boots of speed are commercial. Like, there's normal boots of speed. These things are turned up to another level or so. These guys dash off in a blink. You're sending it to your mom in Newark, or who are you sending your letter to? Uh, actually, I'm sending two. I want one to my mom and one to my lender. Okay. Are you sending anything with the one to your lender or just the letter? <laughs> uh, I am going to send an additional 10 gold to the okay. lender. And what's your standard payment? That's the thing. That's what I'm asking about in the letter. Like, hey, um, I know I was supposed to get back in touch with you a long time ago. Weird stuff happened. Um, that's that's the letter. So I'm trying to get back in touch and be like, hey, here's like something to start putting on it and then we'll get some terms worked out. Okay, that's fine. What do you want to tell me what the fuck you're putting in your letter to your mom? Okay. <laughs> so uh, letter to my mom. Uh, I am just checking in. I have not spoken with her in, you know, two years now. Um, I was supposed to have returned quite some time ago with, you know, adventuring monies and whatnot to, uh, you know, pay for school. And now I'm just checking back in to make sure that she and her uh, newly betrothed are still OK, um, you know, and if and asking them if they've heard anything from uh, from my lenders, uh, Salome. Um, and if not, uh, no worries there. I'll take care of that. I am an adult now. I'll take care of my own financial you know, situation. OK, did Moyle, did you want to go see a tailor like a regular tailor or was that tight? I was curious since you said there's eight different magical 
Uh, is there one for mm-hmm. a trickster domain or clerics? That would be in the, the Grand Temple. So the Arcane District deals with wizardry, sorcery, and warlockery. Did we already pass that? I thought we were still there. It's a completely separate section of the city that you guys can head over to really quick. If you want to go check out the Grand Temple. Oh. The Grand Temple is a massive cathedral, which is known to house a temple for every single god in existence. So if you wanted to go pay homage to Rolashaz at the Rolashazian altar, you certainly could. Can we do that? Unless... Wait, I th- where are we? I thought we were in the Arcane Hub. You guys are in the Arcane District. The The Grand Temple is a whole, its own whole separate district. Oh, wow. Does anyone else need to do anything in the Arcane Hub? Nope. No. I, I got what I needed. And I got my letters off. Todd, uh, not writing any letters to anyone? Uh, nope. But you were the uh, ladies' man. All right, let's go to church, gentlemen. You guys head towards the temple district. If the Marshall district is laid out like a grid and the arcane district is laid out like it was made by crazy ass wizards who didn't have a whole lot of respect for city planning or the laws of reality, the church district is kind of somewhere in between. There's definitely more of a standard and organization and And you realize this area of the city isn't dedicated just to the various temples. I mean, there's the Grand Cathedral, but then there's little offshoot temples as well. But there are a number of monasteries in this section of of the city. And this is where a good number of hedge wizards and healers, people who are pursuing the healing arts or are, are dedicated to supporting adventurers in that particular demence, hang out their shingle. So you're able to go to the Grand Cathedral. It is a is a massive structure which, which dominates the skyline in this portion of the city. As you walk up, you can see in a similar manner as the layout of the city where the, the city has the four big thoroughfares that kind of come into the cardinal points. The Grand Cathedral sits in the center of the temple district and it has four entries for the cardinal points of the compass as well. Each these huge golden double doors, 20 feet tall. The building itself is raised up on a stone rise, circled by steps, about 50 steps from the street level up to that first plaza that leads up to the golden doors. So you can enter in through the north, south, east, or west. Are we on the north side right now or which side are we on? You guys would be coming up from the, towards the south. So you would be walking directly towards the southernmost doors. If you wanted to come in through the north, you'd have to circle around. South, south side. All right, let's, uh, let's go up through the south side. As you approach there, there are a number of guards in full plate mail that seem to have a, a tabard which depicts the spire of the temple itself. And it almost seems like these are non-denominational temple guards. They aren't paladins that are dedicated to any one particular faith, but are in fact pledged to protect the building of itself. As you pass through them, several nod to you. And as you approach the doors to enter, one of them off to the side kind of speaks up and, and goes, gentlemen, can I help you find where, where you're going? Point me to Ralashaz. Oh my God, you actually worship Ralashaz. Um, okay. Wow. We haven't had one of those in. Hold on just a moment. And he kind of goes over to a scroll posted uh, on the side of the wall next to the door and kind of starts at the top and starts going down and going down. And he goes, oh, oh, here it is. Um, it's, it's basement level one next to the storage area. So you're going to want to go inside and go down the winchevator, the elevator to the, uh, to the sub level. And then head down that hallway and you'll find, uh, I think you'll find something there for you. As I walk in, uh, I pass by uh, these, uh, on the way to the Wenchevator, I uh, pass by a bunch of lit candles and I tamp them out. 
and laugh. And you see one of the guards go, excuse me, sir, excuse me. We'd ask you not to disturb the candles of the other faith. We are respectful for all faiths here. That's how we maintain the peace. I stick my tongue out at him and say, oh, who needs you? I'm headed to Rajas. Uh, so you're you're headed to the outside if you don't follow simple protocol. We have a number of competing faiths within this building, and based on the Treaty of Taliesin, they've all agreed to not interfere with each other's practice. It's it's how we keep it from being complete chaos. So if if you'd like to be asked to leave, and as he says, asked to leave, you can see three or four more guys kind of step up behind him. We can certainly have that conversation. But if you're willing to be respectful, you can continue on your way. Okay, so I uh, continue on my way to the elevator. <laughs> you go down to the one elevator. Have you got? Are, is everybody going? Yeah, so you're. Uh, yeah, I didn't think I was need to follow him. But sure, <laughs> I'm curious to see what the fuck he's doing. So. <laughs> Yeah, if Eldrin and Todd are going, then I'll also tag along. You guys go down the winch evader. It is named so because it's a, a manual elevator. You step in and there's like a large hand crank in the middle that you spin that takes you lower into the basement. It opens up into a very well-kept, but clearly an area that's removed from the, the foot traffic of the general public. There's not a, a lot of people that call here. And you go back, travel along a passageway for about 50 feet past a number of uh, doors, which seem to which seem to close off storerooms with various communion wafers for Tritherion and piles of bottles of sacramental wine, piles of incense, the various sundry items. And eventually you you reach about a 40 by 40 large open room where a altar to the god Ralashaz sits against the back wall. It's a very, very, very nice setup, but it clearly hasn't been maintained. It doesn't appear that anybody has been here in quite some time. Like, well, you have to brush aside some cobwebs as you step into the room, but it is otherwise empty. It hasn't been disrespected. It hasn't been vandalized. It just doesn't look like it's been used in several months. Oh, well, it shows how they do you wrong. Roll a religion check for me. Walk me through exactly how you were praying to Rallashaz. Oh, so, you know, I walked in and I dusted off some of the cobwebs and then I uh, pulled out a uh, candle from the box over there and uh, put it in the candle holder and lit that with the match from my uh, from my hat. And then uh, I lit my cigar off of that and uh, I uh, knelt down in front of it and uh, closed my eyes silent for about a minute. As you go to stand up from kneeling, you place your hand on the altar and there is a almost like the sound of a latch popping open of its own volition and a drawer slides open and in it are four cigars of different colors. One blue one, one red one, one green one, and one black one. Ooh, tasty treat. Uh, uh, boys, four of us here, four cigars. What is it though? I think it means we draw sticks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that these are a holy item for the Church of Ralashans and carry with them some enhanced effects when smoked. Were you to have fate cast identify on them, you might learn the exact specifics of three out of the four. The black one, you have no idea what it does. You've never seen it before, but you're pretty sure the other ones grant you an ability based off of when you smoke them. Well, um, I'm not too familiar with this. Um, book reader, I mean fate. Um, do you know what this is? Um, I can't say that I do, but, um, if you could give me, uh, you know, five minutes or so, I should be able to find out for you. Okay. Wait, wait, this seems like a perfect time to get your 24 gold back. Uh, that's, uh, Todd, what are you doing? <laughs> 
this guy, I, I don't have, I don't, I'm spending all my gold on you buying all these potions because I can't hold enough spells and now you're screwing me over. And I just offered you a cigar. Well, it looks like that's not happening. <laughs> damn it, Harlan. All right. Whatever. I'll identify the damn things. Why would you identify for free? Because <laughs> he's in our group. He's a real team player. Okay. Oh, now he's, a, now he's wait, in our group Wait, wait, wait. Now he's in our group works. <laughs> You know what? You know. You know what? Fate. Fate. Fate has learned well enough to try and argue logic or any type of making sense or consistency between Todd and Moyle. So that's just we're just gonna say screw it, and we're gonna identify this. All right. Team player. Team player. Suck. Softy. This book nerd is soft. S O F capital T. Soft. Had you had the 24 gold, you might have been able to get all your spells, but you didn't, and he played you. <laughs> uh oh. And I'm pretty sure Todd's sleep again. <laughs> you, know, you can't just put me to sleep. You, just, you can't just say I can't. that. Uh, Todd, I, I can put nope. you on my shoulder and carry you out. Nope. Not sleep. Not sleep. How many hit points do you have, Todd? Todd's like a Todd's like a baby. He's like, I'm not going to sleep. You're like, you, you're yeah, gonna like. Your parents like, well, I think you'd prefer it. You seem tired. Do you have 42 hit points? All right. So, fate. Did you put Todd to sleep before you identified these uh, cigars, or after? Yes, before. Before. How many hit points do you have, Todd? I've got 34. I don't get to a saving throw. I don't get anything. I just go to sleep. Night night. I upcasted all the way. I put it all the way up to the third level just to make sure I got <laughs> your ass. Call me soft. As you slump to the floor. Uh, so, Fate, let me ask you a question. Would a loud blaring klaxon of an alarm going off wake Todd up from his mystical slumber? <sighs> oh, no. Uh, probably. So, Todd, you feel a wave of drowsiness wash over you, and as you slump to the floor mid-shit talk, you're like, oh, this this feels familiar, and you drift (laughs) off to sleep. It's one of those situations, like, you feel, you're not sure if you really even ever fell asleep, because there's immediately a loud blaring going off after uh, Fate casts his spell. Yeah. Yeah, that'll that's probably gonna wake him up. Probably also not good. Mm, what? Said somebody has to use an action to shake or slap the sleeper awake. I'm gonna say this is loud enough because it is loud as yeah. fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to what are you guys doing? Yeah. I need a, I need a quick response. Uh, I think we need to go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to assume immediately that it's my fault and start walking back out towards the entrance and say my bad. I'm, I'm just walking out, hands up. My fault. My fault. Party foul. Party foul. I'm pocketing the uh, the cigars and heading to the Winchivator. You guys head to the Winchivator. Four of the temple guards, halberds in hand, pour out and point the spears at the lot of you. The lead one who had kind of given you a hard time upstairs, Moyle, goes, Cleric of Ralashaz, do you need assistance? Well, I uh, I prayed and I'm ready to leave. So if you want to help me up the elevator, sure, but no. There was magic cast here of an offensive nature, and we just want to make sure that that was part of whatever rituals you were taking part in. Ralashaz's uh, practice has been known to be a bit erratic, so we, we understand if this is just a false alarm, but we just want to make sure you're not under threat. Are you under duress? Blink once if you're in trouble twice if it's cool. I just make one long blink and they roll their eyes because they're like, ugh, 
No, I'm cool, guys. I'm just messing with you. Oh, okay, then. Uh, have a have a good day, sir. And they usher you into the winch evader, and they, they hang out and wait for the... We'll catch the next one as you guys exit the temple. They're like freaking Brahma Shah's worshippers. I mean, we only get them once a year, but... God damn, I hate them. <laughs> they cause a lot of trouble, but man, their job is to protect anybody in the temple. And you could have just had Fate thrown in jail right now, but good job. Good job being a team player and not. How is, how's Todd doing? Because the thing is, is he just got cast sleep and then was immediately awoken. I'm up. Is it like if he took an Ambien and then he's like. Immediately woken up. He's groggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is he going to start uh, writing some weird mail? He's, he's groggy. He's groggy. I'm good. I'm good. So you guys head back to Ognum and Ognum is is uh, there waiting for you. He goes, oh, excellent. A- excellent timing, gentlemen. I am so glad you could have made it back. Now, uh, uh, before we prep for the experiment, uh, I just, does anybody uh, have any medical conditions or has have is there any lingering effects that I, that I would need to know about? Uh, either chronic conditions, family history. Yeah, so so I have a concern. I, I was recently put, I've been recently put to sleep and I'm a little drowsy. He's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about time. Oh, <laughs> Yo, I've been recently put to sleep, but I'm a little drowsy. Todd's fine. Magic, magically or chemically? Magically. Okay. Has there anybody been put to sleep chemically? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 uh, yes. Moyle, Moyle has informed oh. me that he believes he may have been gassed uh, not too long ago. I uh, also self-diagnosed myself with CTE about a month, about three months ago. Wait, I th- wait, wait, when, when, wait, what? When was he claimed he was gassed? You seem to know the time. What what is that about? When do he does he claim he was gassed? I don't know, Todd. Why don't you tell me? I would not listen to anything that a, a drug addict says. All I'm saying is that Moyle has been acting kind of odd. And uh, do you mean the? Do you mean wait, wait, wait? Could it be the mushrooms or the drugs he takes? Which one of those it, would make him odd? It could have been that, but it. I, he explained to me what happened to him in that Burger King. Gentlemen, listen. We we are we are in somewhat of a, a choice. If if Moyle has been exposed to a foreign substance, I I'll, let me do a quick scan on him real quick. Mm. Um, and you see him pull out a silver box, Moyle, and he walks over you and he attaches a couple of sticky bits of tar to your temples, and then runs a gold wire up to them, and then takes a crystal slot and drops into it. And you go, hmm, hmm, hmm. Do I have CTE? No, you you do <laughs> not have CTE. You do have what appears to be a full-blown colony of fey mushroom spores in your lower intestine. That might be something we need to get checked out later on. But uh, yeah, you clearly were exposed to uh, a poison uh, frequently uh, frequently used by the Durgar. Hmm. Uh, the uh, hmm. interesting, interesting, interesting. That sounds that sounds weird. I don't know where that would have come from. <laughs> yeah, I seem to recall uh, Todd and Moyle going into a Durger King, and then yeah. only Todd came out. No, that can you can, that, can you do a check? Makes sense. Can you do a check on me to see if I was there? Because if I was in such close proximity to him, wouldn't I have the toxin in me? Oh yes, let's check that out too, real mm. quick. And he comes and he sticks it on your head. He's like, <gasps> "Oh, you do have trace elements in there. Hey, excellent. <laughs> it does seem not not as a uh, not as in solid a collection, almost as if you'd gotten partially a whiff of it. So uh, not to." Uh, 
not to intrude, but the uh, the Durgar have a very specific type of the toxin they use. It's uh, it's called Sleeping Beauty gas. It's typically counteracted by uh, foreign saliva. Where were you? What? How did you wake the gentleman up? Did you did you uh, what did you did you kiss him? Did you did you wake him up like you like you? Could have, or how did, I'm not really sure how he would have woken up. Uh, how would I know that that would be the way to wake him up? You know, it's strange. Duragar are a very ironic people. They are very blunt and very loud. Deception check. He seems to just have an answer for everything I ask. It's almost like he's a genius sage. It's he's a, a wizard. I <laughs> <laughs> say, so you mean the guy Wait who's been walking around building this contraption mm-hmm. for us? The guy, uh, that guy, is weird that he has answers for everything. Hey, hold on. <laughs> did you did you say did you say a month ago? Did you say a month ago? That was uh, it was months months. It was probably months ago. I think we had a time skip. You see him kind of go over to a junk drawer and pull open a junk drawer. Now, you remember, Ognum and his partner have two children, and his children do enjoy a good Durger King princely meal. And in every Durger King princely meal, there's a toy, and those toys are usually tied into cross promotions, and they very rarely get played with for long. They always end up in a junk drawer somewhere. So you see him kind of root around, and he goes, ah, I thought so. Several, uh, well, it would have actually been several years ago at this point, according to the timeline. Uh, they, there was a promotion for a, a Sleeping Beauty stage production, which was traveling around with uh, with some bards and the Durger Kings. Well, yeah, again, they're a very ironic people, both literal and... So you know, there probably would have been a, a Sleeping Beauty d- displays all over the Durger King. Do uh, Are you familiar with that tale at all, Mr. Todd? I am not. Mm. Now give me a deception roll. Yes! 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 Finally! Finally, Jesus. <laughs> the jig is up. <laughs> Y'all know for a fact Todd is familiar with the tale of Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, I heard of the tale. <laughs> but <laughs> But what? I had no clue that it would have woken him up. But you didn't try? You so you're saying just because you see ads of Sleeping Beauty in a Durga King, I'm supposed to assume that that is how it would wake him up because he got hit with a toxic gas that could have come from anywhere? Mm. Persuasion check? I am not I'm not a book man. I'm not a smart man. But <laughs> so, Now, we've already established Todd, go ahead and roll persuasion of your incompetence at advantage. <laughs> advantage. <laughs> because I do think you would have advantage on convincing these guys that you just are not smart enough to put two and two together. 21. <laughs> so you're stupid? So you're saying that just because there was a toy from a, a, a meal from from uh, it wasn't Happy Meal. Oh, no. No, it would have been much more than toys. They would have had the entire store decorated. There would have been at least one cardboard cutout. There would have been scrolls, the different little crowns that they do. Did, wait, did you guys see this when we were in there? Because y'all was in the Durga King also. Y'all may not have been at that time. I mean, I don't remember. I was in the Durger King. It was seven Kay. years ago. Seven Kay. years ago. How could anyone remember? 
can fate make a history check to see if he remembers? No, you guys fucking remember. It was it, <laughs> nobody remembers. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Chronologically, it's been like seven days. Yeah, I, like yeah, you know, right. you guys, yeah, you don't have any problem. Yeah, that shit was there. You didn't comment on it while you were there. Yeah, you fucking remember? What the fuck? You have to roll a history check for that. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I don't even know. Oh, Todd conveniently doesn't remember. <laughs> You guys don't believe that Todd is lying to you about being incompetent. Gotcha. So I, I think he has steered you in the way that you don't you don't suspect that there was malicious intent, but you do believe that Todd did not have the wherewithal to take the appropriate action. Okay. I'm okay with that. Todd knew he was out, knew how to didn't know how to fix it because he was too dumb to put the clues together. <laughs> Wait a minute. And then didn't say anything about it. I get it. Uh, yeah, it's fine, Todd. We get your stupid. Whatever. You see, you see, the All devil's right, trick, best trick was to prove he didn't exist. So me proving <laughs> that I am think, making y'all think I'm dumb means that I'm smart. Are you saying this out loud right now? Like, <laughs> you sound... Yes, mm. please. Please be saying this out loud because you're that stupid. <laughs> I'll let you decide if you believe it do you believe it? That's that's the argument of of I don't pay taxes because I'm smart. That's do you same. believe it or do you not believe it? I, I like way, the argument. I'm getting I don't over. play taxes because I'm bullied. This is the way we're going to resolve this shit once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, give me a wisdom saving throw. Why do I see do wisdom saving throw? Listen, let me finish. It should be at disadvantage because he said he's stupid. Give give me a wisdom saving throw to see if Todd, the motherfucking tiefling, your bounty hunter's favorite bounty hunter, swashbuckler extraordinaire, can swallow his fucking pride enough <laughs> to take this ration of shit from these knobs about being fucking stupid. Or if you feel like it's time to fucking let fly and say, fuck yeah, you let him sleep there. You're not making out with a dragon boy no matter whose life depends on it. So give me that wisdom saving throw. I rolled a two. Yes! <laughs> oh, thank goodness. A two. Listen, good old two tiefling. Two the tiefling. Listen, he was a stranger. I've never met this person a day of my life. I'm not putting these beautiful tiefling lips on him. <laughs> Noted, Todd. You guys were just noted. Yeah, could not let me get this mm. one. Huh? Yeah, just couldn't actually mm. let me get mm. this one. Well, Ogdom, if if he kisses me now, <sighs> would I be able to get rid of the? You're not getting kissed. You're not getting kissed. <laughs> just, so, so whatever, whatever happens, you're not getting kissed. So let's move on. <laughs> Would that get rid of the toxin if if we kiss now? No, no, no. This it was just it was just after effects. What I would <laughs> what I would what I would recommend that you do is I would avoid taking any additional depressants. Uh, I know you're a Rolishaw's cleric. Uh, I would stick to the psychedelics, uh, stimulants, uh, and uh, and hypnotics for the next I don't know week or two uh, until the toxin is completely out of your system. Because if you took a bunch of downers, you could slip into a coma. So that's that's, that's the only thing that you would be concerned about. That won't affect with the experiment that's about to happen so what am i going to drink if it's not booze oh no no i i don't mean booze like booze is booze i mean i'm talking about like barbarian bituates yes yes. (laughs) that's a good one barbarian (laughs) don't take any uh, goliath barbarian bituates uh yeah uh, (laughs) 
That is that is very 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 good. So thank you very much. <laughs> so okay, so Ognum uh, he goes. Okay, gentlemen, is everybody ready to begin? Yes, yes, yes. And he walks over to to the western side of the warehouse. And he goes, ha ha! And you can tell he's super fucking excited to pull this giant sheet off of this for the big reveal. Like this is a mad scientist moment that they love doing. And he grabs a sheet and he pulls it out of the way. And there are five phone booth sized wire cages that have a, a different variety of uh, metallic wire lining through kind of the the mesh of the cage. Each one of them has a door on the front of it, and there are crystals set on each one of the corners. And then on each side, there is a large metal sphere sitting on a post that has different types of a strange energy crackling across of it. And he goes, okay, gentlemen, step one, as usual, disrobe, step into the cages. I will fire the beam into you and that should allow me to collect the last piece of information that I need. Did you say disrobe? Yes. Step one is, step one is disrobe. You don't. All right. Eldrin just takes his robe off and whatever. Don't care. Fate is already taking off clothes. The Tieflings drop trial instantly. <laughs> well, Ogden, have you met my Cropanese? <laughs> um, no. And then uh, my clothes just come off like they're a breakaway pants <laughs> before an NBA game. Moyle, were you aware your penis has been cursed? <laughs> my penis is cursed? Is that what you do? Is you say? Cursed or curled? You've clearly been the victim of <laughs> a a a dick magic spell of the highest highest order. I, I mean, unfortunately, we don't have time to address this now. But I think God did that one to him. I don't think it was this. That is not a natural penis. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Somebody put a root on it. It's uh, pretty awesome, right? Is that what you say? <laughs> So if you gentlemen would just step into the cage. <laughs> Fade is like meticulously like folding his clothes as he's taking them all off. He's taking his time with this whole thing. You guys step into the cages, face forward. Ognum goes over to a, a console in front of the array and reaches his hand over to a big lever. And he goes, I don't have to make the toggle switches this big. It's just more fucking fun if I do. <laughs> and flips this giant switch. The energy builds up through the orbs and it, they arc across the cages, piercing through into you. You feel a energy pulsing and building within the pentahedron shard within you. And then everything goes black. You guys find yourself back in the planetarium of universes, standing alone again in darkness in a circular metal room. You're lined up single file in a line, similar to the positions where you were in in the cages alone when a billowing cloud of silver smoke comes shooting past from behind you. Well, this is new. The hell was that? Did I? Oh, we're all we're all aware of each other this time. This is nice. This is different. A second billowing cloud of smoke comes streaming past you from behind you. Okay, I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna try and inhale the smoke. Excuse me, and I, I yell, "Excuse me!" After, as I pass gas, <laughs> it drifts away from you, Moyle, up towards the ceiling. Like it goes out of its way to to dodge you. And I and I reach out with my hands, but it continues to dodge. Yeah, it continues to uh, dance away from you, and you look like you're chasing butterflies in a field, naked across this interstellar <laughs> void. What? All right, so I'm trying to see where the smoke's coming from. When you finally turn around, there's a cloaked figure standing behind you, one you've seen before. As you make eye contact, they raise the stem and mouthpiece, which is attached to a hose of a hookah which floats gently over their left shoulder, draws in a large bubbling draw, and exhales a cloud of silvery smoke right into your face. Oh, 
Hey, hey, buddy. Um, oh, God, I didn't think you were ever going to turn around. You guys really know how to put the kibosh on a dramatic entrance. Everyone, allow me to introduce myself. I had hoped fate would have advised you on my presence and what I represent. But he clearly didn't bother to mention that to anybody. So, I am the anthropomorphic representation of the cosmic aspect of random chance. I am a god. A real god. Not one of the pretenders that sit on the crystal th throne in the center of your ocean. A cosmic entity which spans multiverses and possesses immeasurable power. Your small minds can't comprehend my true aspect or true form, so I present myself to you in a way that is representative of my nature. Because your kind often feels a need to label things. You may call me RN Gene. RN Gene's eyes dart across the five of you, measuring you up, their gaze lingering a little bit longer on Moyle, assessing, judging. Gentlemen, I'm going to get straight to the point. I'd reached out to fate before, but clearly he wasn't a productive vessel, and I don't think that's a fault of fates. Individually, you all are a little less than competent, but together, it's when all five of you are that you're together, that you actually seem somewhat competent, as if your five brains, when you actually put them together, form one fully cognizant person. I have to be honest, though, I'm going to have to erase Moyle's memories when I send him back. He won't have any recollection of this. Sounds about right. As a cleric, he is a conduit to the deities which I am passively opposing by interacting with you. I need you to understand that the shards of the pentahedron within you make you multiversal free agents. You are not tied to the godspire or its effects, which means if you so chose, you could oppose the gods. Or if you wanted, you could aid them in whatever course they were choosing. But the course they are on right now, their quest to free themselves from the bonds of the godspire's expectations has the potential to infect the multiverse and spread the, this, this aberration this infection to all of creation. You said it could spread the infection? Is there an infection already happening? The God Spire itself is a foreign body to this universe. It's a it's a holdover from a previous universe that, that injected itself into this sphere upon the universe's creation. It is effectively a probability engine, a reality engine from a from a, a, another realm, a collapsing universe. The gods who were formed by contact with it have begun to chafe at their responsibility and are looking for a way to escape. And they are doing that by beginning to subtly alter the expectations of their flock. You've seen the changes of Tritherion. He's gone from a, a god of justice, a god of law, to a god of lawyers and adjudication. And by changing those expectations, he is leading the forefront of a cadre of beings who are trying to break free of the one restraint which ties them to this universe and prevents the real gods, like myself, from entering the picture. So if these gods free themselves, uh, you said this is bad for reality because... Are you familiar with the Kuatoa? I am not. Mm, is it similar to the Krakatoa? 
Uh, well, a little bit almost. The Krakatoa are a clan of Kuatoa that live on a volcanic island, Moyle. Duh. The Kuatoa are a race of fish-like men who have the ability to psychically take their faith and force it into reality. When a, a group of them gets together, it can create the projection of a divine being that is typically a mad and insane god which can then wreak havoc on the world around them imagine now if that that force of will that ability to alter reality was amplified 10 million times a hundred million times an infinite number of times that warping would not only doom this reality but all the realities that touch it I'm going to be honest, fellas. What you see now is the construct that your brain is creating to keep yourself from having a stroke at my actually true appearance and existence. If this universe dies, honestly, for me, it's one more universe in the span that I touch. But if all the universes die, I have to stand opposed to that. But I can't enter the realm because then I would be bound by the expectation of the god spire and subject to the same rule that your gods do. So, Gene, RNG, for us to allow, I guess, the true gods dominion over this realm like they're supposed to have, the god spire must be destroyed? And you guys wake up. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> You see Ognum standing in front of a large projection of a globe. And on that globe, there is a clear outline of Normir and Sama. And on that map of Normir and Sama, as the hemisphere is rotated, you see five points of silvery light highlighted on the map. One in the swamps of Hiko, one northeast in Newark, one in Amsoon, one in the verdant of Sama, and strangely enough, one in the western duchies. You hear Ognum go, gentlemen, 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 I have fantastic news. I have located stabilizing reagents, which you should be able to collect, which would bond with the pentahedron within each of you and prevent you from being crammed together into a goo shame monster. They're spread all over the place. I, I, I think it's time for a road trip. Road trip. <laughs> all right. Hey, Moyle, you what? How you doing? I'm a little down. Because can't have downers. <laughs> but other than that, um, okay. I want to know more about Ogden saying my pecker's cursed. Okay. But uh, we'll leave that for another day. That's it? That's all your... You, nothing Nothing else uh, remarkable about the last 15 or 20 minutes? <laughs> Five minutes or so? Did, yeah. uh, did Todd gas me again? Yeah, he totally did. So what does that make it? Two weeks? Jimmy, look. D, that's why you don't remember anything. <laughs> that fucker just decided to double down. <laughs> so, gentlemen, I, I, I wanted to thank you for how well you executed the last delivery. And I have a feeling that I'm going to ask you to do that again in the future because that's a great connective arc in between each, up, each character journey. So I want to give you something a little bit extra for your performance. Walk with me. Okay. And he walks you over to the east side of the warehouse to a set of exterior roll-up doors and he rolls them up and in front of you is the strangest fucking contraption. It's the size of almost two long-haul caravan trailers bolted together, but it's raised up. It's got two large front wheels with this mysterious, uh, like this mysterious black material. They're not, they're not wood, they're not metal. It's got one rear wheel at the back it's it's 
extremely boxy. It has windows. I mean, it looks like somebody took a oddly shaped house and placed it on three stemmed wheels. A small ladder drops down from the side. It definitely has seen better days. And it has some strange runes painted crudely across the side of it. He goes, gentlemen, I am somewhat of a intellectual outcast in the city of Talias. And there's a reason why someone of my talents is resigned to living in a small corner at the edge of the Marshall and, and Arcane District. I believe there's a multiverse, a broad span of realities beyond what any of us know from the prime material plane. And the reason why I believe that, the reason why I have created my, my multiversal engine inside is because of this vehicle you see before you. It is, it is a vehicle. It is, it is a, a large adventuring vehicle. I call it an RV for short. Because huh. <laughs> in my, nat my, my native elven, adventuring begins with an R. Just fucking roll with it. Anyway, this, this vehicle I discovered uh, when my, my partner and I were exploring the depths of the underground that spans beneath Talies and that was the genesis of our city. We came across this buried in the rubble, but still somehow intact. It is powered by a source that I don't understand, but it is clearly not from this world. And I, I want you gentlemen to have it. I want you to use this as your transportation as you head out into the world and, and, explore, and go after these reagents. Is it safe? Oh, God, I don't know. I, it works. <laughs> it's pretty badass, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it looks pretty awesome. Uh, as long as we don't die uh, driving it. Uh, there's a giant glowing box in the back that seems to be the power source. <laughs> oh. Do not open that. Got it. That is what I would tell you. Okay. Uh, everything else that I've seen, it is in great shape. Uh, I'm not super familiar with the runes, though. Moyle, give me a religion check. And Moyle rolls a 10. Not great, but still good enough to recognize the ancient runes from the Church of Ralashaz. This is a secret language spoken only uh, by adherents of Ralashaz, uh, often whispered to one another to acknowledge their presence in the church. You can understand what those runes say, and they say quite clearly, the Great Space Coaster. 